Hey guys, welcome back to Friday Live. We are here with Tim Gandy and Matt Parker, Crucible's Fire. You like that, do you? Yeah, sure. We got some fancy artwork. Um, you'll notice that, uh, let me make sure I've got good audio coming out here. You'll notice that we've got, uh, we're in a new place. Um, I affectionately call this the Crucible's Fire International Headquarters, also known as my office. But, uh, it's all the same, but on a serious note, I'm glad to be in here. We got a little bit more room. Um, you can see exactly how ugly we really are, but uh, I'm supposed to not agree with the enemy on that. But uh, um, I had to wear pants. Yeah, I got. I mean, we got to. Yeah, you better be wearing pants. Um, but uh, it's it's neat to be in this space. I mean, it's not finished. We got some stuff to do behind us, um, but it's it's kind of cool to be in a designated place where we're not crammed in. Well, it is a lot nicer. You can't see in the other one. I mean, it's like a, it's crammed in there. Well, the whole office, Here. the whole building's an eight by 12. Yeah. And we literally have about the size of a coffee table uh, <coughs> to work in. And so it's nice to be here. I hope that you're, uh, you will enjoy it. If you're out there listening, go ahead and hit the chat. We've got some, some functions of hopefully we'll see if they work where your chats will actually show up and people can see them or your comments. Mm -hmm. But if you're out there watching, just say, Hey, and uh, that way we can can tune in and, and be responsive. Maybe actually, might actually ask for a question or something once in a while. Yeah. I know nothing of the tech side of this most of the time. I'm not untech savvy, but I just show up here on Fridays. That <laughs> <laughs> them do got all the magic going on, and I just sit down and do the deal. Right. Hey, Tom. Hey, the celebrity Tom Fuchs is back with us. Uh, Thanks for shouting out. Hey, look, it showed up down there too on the stream. I'm glad to see that's actually working. Uh, um, so what we're going to do today is is jump into uh, Romans chapter 8 again, um, talking about the spirit versus the flesh. And, man, it's going to take us forever to get through Romans 8. Just, I don't know about yeah. that, but it's, it's going to take a good three or four sessions to be sure and to part get of, to the end of it. Part of that for me is because and I don't know how you are on, on Romans 8. Romans Romans is probably my favorite book of the Bible just because it's rich and I can spend a lot of time in it. Um, and Romans 8 is probably one of my favorite chapters in the book just because there's so much in there and there's a lot in it that speaks to me personally, you know, about being yeah. in the spirit, being in the flesh. Um, and so... I mean, we kind of usually do a bunch of stuff at the beginning, but I'm going to do that at the end today, and I want to just no. jump in. Um, really, we were going to kind of focus on Romans 12 through like 17, but as we kind of got to, to talking <coughs> and studying for today and, and batting it around, we can we both kind of agree, you can't really get to verse 12 until you've really covered 5 through 11 really well. And and <coughs> Tim made a, a very astute... Um, I'll call it an observation, um, but really chapter 7 really gets into the nitty-gritty of the material of verses 5 through 8-ish of chapter 8. And so yeah. we're going to kind of go through that, but if you really want to dig into that, I would say revisit chapter 7, uh, read it, because it, it breaks it down a little bit more. Um, and I'm reading in the Christian Standard Bible today, but in verse 5 of Romans 8, uh, let me find it. He says, For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on the things of the Spirit. 
Now the mindset of the flesh, excuse me, the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. The mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit to God's law and indeed is unable to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And I want to stop there because verse 9's got a whole different deal. Um, I want you to kind of take off on this a little bit, Tim, but, but for me, when I read those verses, to me what he's really doing here is he's making the case again <laughs> to make sure he's, he's drawing some lines. There's, there's a way to live on one side and there's a way to live on the other side. There's a path to go and a path not to go. And it's like he's on repeat over and over again reminding us of these two paths. I mean, is that is that how you you picked that up? Or yeah, you... sort of, but you got to remember the context of all the things that were before this. So a lot of the chapters before it uh, is really speaking to the fact of who God is and what God has done to enable us to do the right. things that we do. So we get into this, right. or you can get into the conversation of, uh, well... So a simplistic function of the, uh, oh, what do you call it, evangelical, uh, taking the salvation message out. Right. And, and Evangelism. Evangel thank you. That's the word I was looking for. So a lot of churches, or at least in the Baptist history, uh, and I'm not picking on Baptists. This is all just for reference and context. Fair enough. So the... Traditionally, the Baptists are evangelists, and they go out, and their driving force is to lead people. That's well, that's not even a kingdom saying, but just <laughs> to lead people to the Lord, right? Right. Present that message. People are faced with God. They make a decision, and that's kind of where they stop. And uh, uh, traditionally, as a professional function, that's how you would see it. That's not really what they were doing, but that's how it could be interpreted. Okay. Uh, so <clears throat> then you get into this place where. Uh, uh, we're always talking about whether we're saved or not. And this isn't saying anything about that. Right. <laughs> Actually, most of the scriptures in the New Testament are not saying anything about that. So what I'm trying to do is confront what a typical mindset is and being transformed. Just, let's just start at salvation, what that is. You know, I don't know about everybody else, but I mean, that started, a, I knew for sure that I was kept by the Lord right there. I couldn't articulate it. I didn't know what all that meant. And I struggled back and forth just like everybody else through my walk. You know, well, am I really saved? Uh, but the function is, is where you've met salvation and you can kind of marker that. I can't tell you the date and the time I was saved. I can tell you I was 10 years old. Uh, but the point is, is that uh, our growth goes way past that. Once the salvation experience has taken place, now we're talking about how the kingdom is going to work itself out in that, and that's where we have a, a place where we can look at God right. in the face and say, not interested today. And it seems really blasphemous, because if I'm a real Christian, I wouldn't do that. Welcome to reality. Yeah. And so that's where Paul's going in this. And so all the chapters before this is talking about what God did in the cosmos to enable us to even be able to make that fight. Right. Well, I think it's important, too, to remember if you just take these verses in their, even in their context, our mindset, when you and I were talking about this earlier, our mindset is to immediately begin to draw distinctions. 
I got to figure out everybody around me where they sit. And that's that's what I was trying yeah. to get to when you said that. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And so without getting into a long dissertation on all this stuff, when he starts talking about five through eight here, so he says, so I've got a new American standard. It's worded just a little bit different. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the spirit, they put their minds on the things of the spirit. <clears throat> They so put, I mean, the, they put their minds on. Yes. So if we're talking about saved people, and we're not worried about whether the spirit of the Lord and I mean, you might start going, well, I don't know if I'm saved or not. That's a that's a different conversation. But I would tell you that's a healthy question. Yeah. Uh, in the respect, not what you think, but you probably wouldn't even be asking that question if the Lord wasn't dealing with you. So that that's a different conversation. Right. But that's where we are in verse five. We're talking about people that are saved, and in this conversation. He is laying out the fact that now it's on you right? in dealing with the Lord. The Lord is not going to make you do it. And the other thing I was trying to get to in this set of conversations is the fact that, uh, uh, oh man, my mind just shut off. We'll come back. We can't do that. That's dead space. We don't have dead space in <laughs> we'll come podcast back. land. Uh, well, Suffice it to say this, he's, he's drawn us a, a delineated line between how we spend our energy following the flesh or following the mind or following the spirit. And, yeah. and, and they're two very juxtaposed things. I think the, the big point Tim's trying to make is that we have the ability to disobey. Yeah. We, we have the ability to let the world dictate what we believe. We have the ability uh, to let the world dictate our path. And so let's go back into six there. He says, now the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. I think Paul does a great job a lot of places about, about really putting things in the right perspective. Everything's like a life and death decision for Paul. I mean, yeah. maybe not in the sense that we would think of life and death, but in the literal sense of he was like, man, if you, if you want to follow the ways of this world, and let them dictate you, you know, to you what you think, feel, and how you behave, fine. He says, but that's, it's, it's death. It literally will lead to your mental, emotional, spiritual, maybe even physical demise and destruction. But there's peace and life in doing this other way. And, and, and you know, the Bible talks about life and death is set before us to choose life. Yeah. And I, and I think Well, that, and that's the point. He is life. Right. Life is not about choosing what you want to make you happy. Right from a fleshly perspective. Right. Well, and that's really important too because a little bit later in this chapter, we're going to once again, which we've already been doing, get into the idea and the role of suffering and, and the price that it actually paid. I heard a guy say this weekend, and I say it all the time, and, and I was really, I was encouraged to hear him say it. I was, I resonated with it. It was like, you know, salvation is a free gift, but it will cost you everything. The, the demand behind following <laughs> and being in Christ parenthetical that phrase in Christ you know, David talks about that a lot and here we have a similar construct in the flesh or in the spirit mm -hmm. the, the connotation there is simply to be controlled by to be controlled by under the authority of Christ under the authority of the spirit or under the authority of the flesh that's the context and to be in Christ to be saved as our vernacular would even it comes out of the scriptures yes it's a free gift 
it's one of those things it's what do you do what must I do to be saved you have to believe confess with your mouth all those things Romans 10 we'll get to that but the demand on the follower of Christ is to die to ourselves and pursue him to pursue this spirit regardless of what it's cost us in this world and the way this is worded means it's a conscious decision right and that's where a lot of us run and that's a function that Satan uses to deceive you I don't <clears throat> I got enough to deal with how is it that I if I see right and wrong so I was telling Matt earlier uh, in the military you know they have a lot of different functions of it have ethoses you know a, a saying and okay, what it say, says explain what an ethos is uh, ethos is a fancy Greek word that that means uh, <laughs> but, 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 the, really but the function is, is more like a vision statement or yeah a, it's like a vision statement yeah. and so when you read these ethoses and there's ethoses in the Christian walk too uh, I can't think of the name the, the and I'll think of it here in a minute uh, uh, the Christian's creed yeah. and there's a, a there's a catechism uh, I forget anyway when you read those catechisms and you read that thing and you think that's kingdom stuff and that's what I want to be and then you if, if you've got integrity it's like looking in the mirror and you see well I'm really not those things but that's what I want to be right. if I could do it that's what I would want to be all the chapters before this is set up the fact that God has set the stage so that you can be those things and he equips you to be those things, but it's on you and me to make the decision that that's what I want to be and follow. Right. Because the flesh is back here going, what I was looking for in my Bible what all goes in Ephesians, and I didn't find it. But basically it says, I think it's in Ephesians 5, it says that uh, evil doesn't stop. It it's the desire of it is still here so we choose to follow the kingdom and we pursue the things of the kingdom we're being changed by the kingdom the evil flesh back here didn't stop where we left it it's continually being corrupted so the point is is if you ever turn back to it it's worse than it was when you left it right and so that means higher temptations and everything he was talking about you you have to sacrifice yourself because it's not easy right it's not simple but the more you do it, the more you know how truth in life is, and you may get mad at God and say, why do you make me struggle like this? That's actually a good yeah. indication of where you're at. That's a good place. Well, and Scripture teaches us in Acts, it teaches us in, in the book of John, that the, the Holy Spirit brings with him power and ability to make these decisions. It's not like, oh, well, this is on us, and my flesh is broken, so i got to figure out a way to muster the power in that broken flesh to make this call to pursue the flesh or to pursue the or to pursue the spirit it's not like that he endues us with the power to do it but yes. then sets and then sets the choice before us to make the choice and the problem with the choice is most of us are just inherently lazy and we see it and we know what it is if you spend any time with it at all, you start being able to recognize that stuff, and you surely recognize when you're not doing the things of following and pursuing and developing. Yeah. That's the big key. It's continually developed. Uh, later on in the chapter, we're going to read where it says that we're more than conquerors. Yeah. That's a very definitive statement because that means that you're in the ring fighting. Right. Well, wait a minute. 
None of that exists if I have to deal with God. Well, in this life it does because of sin, because everything we have and we see and we do, especially in the dark spiritual realms, they want you to hate God. Yeah. And so our fight is not against somebody who may not be may be saved, may not be saved, or what they do or how they influence. That's the power of God because you keep pursuing the Spirit. You may get your head cut off in the process. Right. And that gets a little deeper down into where we're at, but that's how powerful it is. Right. Well, and in verse 8, he says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. <laughs> and they a, can't. Yeah, that's a that's an absolute statement. It is. So don't absolute, be surprised. Yeah, and, and I, I've always characterized it like this, that maybe this is too harsh to say it this way, but heathens will act like heathens. Yeah. And, you know, we, we live in a culture of outrage. Everybody's outraged by something. And some of it's worthy of outrage. Some of it's outrageous. Um, but at the same time, he calls us to have compassion even on our enemies. And it's a juxtaposition that we have to deal with and contend with. That even while we set up, you know, boundaries or whatever, and we do safety, and we work out for the uh, for injustice, and we look for the, and we, we help the orphan, and we help the... In the middle of all of that, to pursue the flesh is also to pursue the salvation of those who are heathens <coughs> and acting like heathens. I'm going to hit the pause button here. Explain juxtaposition. There are two things that are opposed to one another. And happening at the same time. At the time. same time. Yeah. Two things that are, yeah, I mean, it's just like, and, and that's the way our two natures are. They are juxtaposed to each other. Yeah. Until God delivers us ultimately um, in heaven or, I mean, in his return. We have this broken flesh that's filled with this perfect spirit, and even Paul Paul will tell us over and over again, there's just this battle. We've talked about it on every of these broadcasts, and I think that's kind of part of the reason that he lays this out. And one of the reasons I like Romans so much, and even this chapter, is because I resonate with it. I mean, yeah. I, I look myself in the mirror every single morning, and I go, Matt, you're, you're not what you want to be. You can be. You have the power to be. Now let's see what series of decisions can I make today to get to you know to where God wants me to be. But what if I make the wrong choice? We're getting there. <laughs> Hang on to your hat. Okay, verse ten. Uh, no, no, verse nine. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, we were talking beforehand. He makes an imperative here in verse nine. You, however are in the spirit is what he's talking about I'll read exactly are not in the flesh but in the spirit he's writing to a group of people who he's making the fundamental assumption that they are in christ that they are believers well it's not just an academic statement right the environment that the people were living in and going through at the time in rome you think you may think that our culture and all that stuff's messed up now it was really messed up right there yeah. in every kind of direction you can think of and so he's he's saying you guys are living in the spirit and it's not because it was freely and things were right. good it's because they were having to fight and struggle to walk in the way that they wanted to right and you know in some cultures internally and externally you know, we've got cultures right now, even in, like in the Middle East, I was talking with someone this morning about, you know, some of the shenanigans going on in Afghanistan and Iran. To be a follower of Christ is a death sentence. We don't yeah. we don't feel that pressure here, 
But these guys really did in, in some regard. I mean, there were times, especially in this first century, where there were places where, I mean, there was oppression that we don't even understand. There was pursuit of them in the physical that we can't even resonate with. And so these admonitions come out of a context of, uh, of, of contrast, I guess is what I'm really trying to yeah, say. Yeah. There's a contrast that you are different. But he, he, but he makes that phrase, if indeed. If indeed the Spirit of Christ lives in you. Now, Tim said a while ago that, and I want to be careful here, the statement that was made that I think that you said was it's a good thing to question and struggle. Well, it can be a good thing. It, right. It's not the definitive function, but if you're struggling with that... That's a good sign. That's probably a good sign the Lord's speaking to you and you're struggling through it. Well, the Scriptures will tell us. Work out your salvation with fear and with trembling. Yeah. There's a place, and, and you know, I kind of grew up in this world where, in a world where the fear of the Lord was relegated to just tipping your hat to the king keeper of the stars, and you, know, you just got to respect the Lord. <laughs> and uh, if that's your favorite song, I apologize. But uh, uh, when I read the scriptures and I read that God is a, is a tempestuous, turmoil, not that he's not peaceful and not ordered. I'm just saying that when... Psalms 50 is what you yeah, need to read. And that, that he describes himself, and you see that in other places, that when we get into that kind of a, of a place, there's a, I think it's a legitimate fear for my life to be in his presence. Yeah. And I think that that's uh, a legitimate thing that we've lost in our theology is, no, we're entering the throne room of the... There was a reason they had the veil around the ark. Because if you get in there and you're not okay, you would die. Now, yes, that veil was rent, but God is still God. And yes, we have Christ and the blood that covers all those things. And so we don't live in this cowardless fear of, you know, uh, we're, just, yeah. we're just running and feeling. But there is an awe-inspiring fear of this is the creator God of the universe, which gives to me an impetus to really pay attention to these things. Does that make sense? Well... Disagree yes. with you like. Well, no, I don't disagree at all. Um, but for context for you and I. So there's a military tactic for the... I know I'm always bringing up the military stuff, but it's about being in a war and what that feels like. And it's hard to describe or watch movies and know what this is really like. But in the military life, there's not life, but there's a tactic, you know, so you're on patrol somewhere and somebody's sitting up waiting for you and they know that you're coming and you don't know they're there and you get in the middle of it, it's called an ambush. And they just start raining fire down on you. And then there's all kinds of theories and tactics about how to deal with that. But the fact is, is they usually cut off your ability to progress forward and get out of it. They cut off your ability to back out of it. And so you're, they call this a funnel of fire. And so everything they have is coming down on you and it's instantaneous. You know what the tactic is to defeat that? Run towards them? You turn face into them and start screaming and firing everything you got and you are gonna go take that ground. You may not succeed. And it may be the bloodiest thing on the planet. And let me tell you something, when you got stuff coming at you, it's not natural. It takes a huge amount of effort and training and desire and willful effort to turn your face into that and go get it. And 
think it's in Hebrews. And this is what it's like, choosing to pursue the Spirit when it's showing yes. you this stuff. It feels like you've entered hell because it's burning off all the old stuff. And it's and you're choosing to do that. You're choosing to put yourself in that place because it that that's the difference. God is so powerful and you can see that. You can't articulate all of it, you can't do anything. And that's what happens in Roman eleven when it was talking about those guys who live in holes and and getting cut in two and that kind of stuff, but they could not deny the power of who God was. Right. And they were they faced into that fire and they were going through it and some lived great lives on this earth and some of them it was taken prematurely and it was ugly and none of us want to live the ugly but the point of even when you leave when you read in in hebrews 11 the point that they're coming to is is both of these camps saw the face of god and they went into it and whatever fell on the other side they were okay with well i think of two things while you're saying that as we look into this text it's about, let me give a better example of what I was about to say. The scriptures say that for the glory that laid ahead of him, Jesus endured the cross. Yeah. There, was, there was a time in scripture where it says he turned his face towards the cross. He, to use your analogy, he turned his face towards that thing which was coming to destroy him. Oh, yeah. And he went for it because of what laid on the other side of it which was not even his personal reward. It wasn't even for about getting back to his place of glory, although that was part of it, but that wasn't the, the focus. The focus was the redemption of humanity. Yeah, all the stuff that it talked about in the chapters before this. That's We saw the physical function of that as he's dying on the cross. And I, and I hate using movies, but The Passion of the Christ, I don't know if you've ever seen that, yeah. and maybe not everybody has, but it... It shows him when he gets to that, he's dragging that cross and he's pushing people off to try to carry it for him and stuff. And then when he gets to it, he's so beat up, he's, I don't know if it's true or that's what he really did, but the focus is really what's shown there. He drags himself up on that thing and rolls over and I mean, he's going to take it. When I was a kid, this is going to be a silly story, okay? (laughs) All my stories are silly. But (coughs) when I would take the trash out, I was always... It's hard to believe now, but I was always really little and thin and not very strong and just was a slight guy. And I would have to take out trash or carry something heavy. And I would play these little mind games with myself. Like if I didn't think I could do it, like I can make it to that rock over there. And, or I can make it to this place. And I would play these little games like, what would I do if I was ever captured? And when I was growing up, it was always the communist, you know, because we were always (laughs) at war. That and was the enemy. When back we grew in those up, you know, Generation Xers, everybody was about, you know, it was about Russia and this and that. Facebook probably checked that. But anyway, uh, I would always think, what would I do if I was behind enemy lines? And I would read these historical stories of people who were, you know, captured and, and prisoners of war and things. And I could always envision myself like, if I make it to that rock, my guys would get to go free. Or I would put it in my head if, if what would I do if my family was in danger and I had to make it to there. And if I made it to there, they would be okay. You know, some, something mind game like that. And it would just, I would just grit through it, you know, to get there um, because it works on my mind. That's how my mind works. Well, I'm going to tell you right now that all the super special warriors in the military, that's exactly how they're trained. 
I feel like no, a super special warrior. They tell you that. What's the what's the famous SEAL guy? Uh, uh, Tex Frog is his. Anyway, uh, he talks about uh, what was the movie that was made about him. I don't remember Golly, the name. so unprepared. Um, at any rate, uh, when you listen to his story or read his book, one of the things he said in there, I'm, I'm, when things are so overwhelmed on you and you can't figure out how to do the big picture at the end because it may be a long way off, you set small goals. Right. I mean, you set it right in front of you. If I can get from here to there, I've succeeded. And when you get to there, when he was crawling out of the bush, he found a rock and he would draw a line in the ground because his body was so beat up he couldn't get anywhere. And he would drag himself across that line and then he would draw another one. Just what he could see and accomplish to get to the bigger picture because the bigger picture was too much to deal with. Right. And I'm not, I've been through that kind of stuff. I've been trained in that kind of stuff. And so I understand that. And it's easy to lose, pit, it's easy to lose uh, uh, focus on that. So what does that mean for me and you? We talk about this great thing in the kingdom that transpired, and God doesn't even really expect you to have to grasp all that at once. Right. To, for me, it's like I see the truth of it, and I know what it is now, and I can see it in some depth. But even in my daily walk, I've learned that the instant that I begin to get attacked by the enemy, and it's always not it's not always the enemy. Sometimes it's stuff I want. Yeah. And Paul talks about that before we read that at the bottom of chapter 7. Oh, wretched man that I am. Yeah. I, when I see those things, I have to take that captive and look back. And even if it's just mean, you know what? I need to get up out of this chair and off of the screen. I need to go be in the company of people downstairs or something so that I will not even play with that temptation. Mm -hmm. That's a simple act of moving forward for the things that the Spirit because I know that it's not right because the Spirit's telling me, and I know that it's what I want because the Spirit has trained me to think like that. So what am I going to do next? Set the simple goal right. just like you talked about taking the trash out. And that sounds stupid, well, there's but a, it's reality. There's a viral video that was on social media that was basically the best thing you can do every day is make your bed. There's a guy that tells that story. He's a military guy. and He's a SEAL. When I look at this text, live according to the flesh, to set your mind on the flesh, that sounds like one of those things that's overwhelming to me. <clears throat> like, yeah. I can't, what in the world does that mean? To be holy as I am holy, that's in there too. I mean, what? I know me. There's no way. But what I can, another real, I'm going to give some examples. I, I think about reading uh, even a Bible through the year program. And if I think about it in its totality, and I start breaking it down, I'm like, oh my goodness, that's like seven chapters a day. How much is that going to and and, <laughs> and, and, it, and it blows me up, okay? Yeah. But I can get up and go, I'm going to be in the Scriptures today. I may fall off the wagon tomorrow, but today I can, I can read my Bible. And do it. And, and then actually, exactly, and then actually do it. And, and, and I'm not even really a, a list checker kind of a person. Some people are, but for me, it's like, I did that. Not that I did it, but I mean, it's yeah, complete. Yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of like making your bed. I, not a day goes by that our beds don't get made. But okay. it doesn't mean anything if that's how you have to do it. Wrong. Wrong. In the kingdom world, if you're reading this, even if it's for 10 minutes a day, right, it's feeding and it will 
come back around. So don't let the don't let the critics, uh, even if you're your own critic, don't don't let that drag you down. It's the little steps that make the other things begin to transform, and it may be ten years before you get to see a reality of that. And so, what does this have to do with Romans five through eight? We did a lot of talking today, kind of some practical things so far, but I want to bring it back down to the text. He says in this text. Don't set your mind on the things of the world. Set your mind on the things of the Spirit Yes. Uh, to, to pursue those things. And I guess my encouragement that I really want you folks to hear out there today is this, that the act of pursuing the things of the flesh, to be spiritually minded, it doesn't look like, you know, cherubs with togas and harps and all that stuff. It looks like turning your face into the ambush sometimes and willfully making the decision to pursue the things the kingdom has. And, I, and, I, and it's really kind of a setup. I'm not even going to pretend. I really see this as a setup for the next section and the section after that where he starts again talking about what it looks like to suffer because that more than conqueror business that we're going to talk about in verse, was it 31, I think it is, or yeah, 37? 37. 37 um, is in the context of being slaughtered, slain, and suffering. Yes. And so we are more than conquerors, not because everything worked out okay, not because we got the big job, although you might get those things, but he says we're more than conquerors in the middle of being led to the slaughter like sheep. We're still more than conquerors. We're going to have more to say about that. But I really wanted to draw out the and make the point that it's, it's the next right thing. Yeah. It's not the next hundred right things, but do the next it's right thing. It's the next thing. right thing. It yeah. is just simply the next right thing. It's And it may be the, the, the next honoring thing that comes out of your mouth to someone, choosing yes. to do that instead of a dishonoring thing. And the, the next taking the thought captive instead of agreeing with it. And I'm as guilty as the next yeah. guy, even in jest and in play. Yeah. I was telling Tim, I, I was, was lovingly confronted about that yesterday by a dear brother and I'm like you know what you're right I, and I was not necessarily dogging myself but that is a struggle that I have and the enemy knows that and so it's the next no I'm going to cut that off that's pursuing the kingdom that's pursuing, that's the pursuing kingdom. a mind of the, of the spirit not the mind of the flesh and it's a million of those different things in a day and it's, for you it may be something different for you it's something different but encompassed in that is this verse 9 those who are in the flesh cannot please God and I wanted to, to, to touch on that a little bit, and we're going we're gonna to wrap up here and say, yeah. but was simply this. I don't want to be in the flesh because I want to please God. And so as, we, as we, we bundle up these next right things and, and the avoidance as much as we can through the power of the Spirit of the next wrong things, the motive is, is I want to please my dad. Yeah. I want, I want him to be... And, and it's not an appeasing of the gods kind of pleasing him like in some of the other cultures and religion. It's not like that. It's out of a response to the love that he showed. Well, the other ones are a hope that there is another type God. Right. Everything that we've read here says that he supplies the fact that you know what the truth of him is. Now it's back on you and me because he won't make you do it. He wants you to make the decision to do it. Well, And therein is the battle and the rub. And I'm, I'm going to finish up this section and we'll close, but I want to leave you with one thought because I know there's somebody out there who's like, yeah, but my flesh is broken and my flesh is busted and I can't do it. 
you're right, but I want you to keep reading with me real quick as he addresses that, and then we're going to cut this off. Jump down with me to verse 11. He says, If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you... Now, he just got through talking about whether or not that's true. But here's the presupposition. If you are in Christ, under His authority, filled with the Holy Spirit of God, if that's you, then, he says in verse 11, if it lives in you, then He who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through His Spirit who lives in you. <laughs> now, there are some theological ramifications, and we could talk for a while on that, but here's the encouragement that I get out of that. I love the Lord. I have the Spirit in me. I want to pursue the Spirit, but I'm stuck. Paul talks about it. I'm stuck in the body of this death, as he would call it. But he tells us in this text that that Spirit of Christ that lives in us actually makes his worry will bring your mortal body to life yeah here's the way i would like to put that for us he will give your broken busted flesh the ability to choose the next right thing yeah no i agree that he does give you the power to do it and and i wrote i even wrote this in my notes that said you hear people say this all the time well this is just the way that i am you'll have to deal with it it's the way god made me god did make us inform us with certain bends and certain dispositions and all of those sorts of things but to say that's just the way that i am if the way that we are goes contrary to this scripture and the pursuit of the spirit that's a cop-out it's a cop-out and it's not okay to stay that way no it's not and people use that a, a lot even in the christian realm it was like oh i'm sorry i'm just that way that's just the way i am well i i, I just angry i'm just an angry kind of person god made me that way and and, and move on Nope. Yeah, because choosing to stay in one place or another and not wanting all the results of the end. I would take it a step further and say that's choosing to pursue the spirit of the flesh. Or the, well, that's the, exactly yeah, what it is. Instead of the spirit, <laughs> that's not the spirit of the flesh, but the, the, the mindset of the flesh. Yeah. And so the encouragement to me is, you know what? I do have some bends in my flesh. I have some propensities for this temptation or that temptation, just like you do, just like you do, everybody does. But he says, through the Spirit of, the, of, of, the, of Christ, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, he will make alive our mortal, broken, busted bodies that have these things, even our broken flesh. He will give us the ability and the desire in the heart to then choose the next right thing and to please him. Because yeah. the other option is you don't please God. That's the option. You please him or you don't. Yeah. And he has so much grace in that middle where we go back and forth. It, it absolutely blows my mind, the amount of grace that he gives us to figure that out as <laughs> yeah. we go back and forth. That's um, we'll be back in, we'll be in uh, Romans 12 next time, or not Romans 12, Romans 8, 12 uh, next time. Do want to touch base a couple of things. I know a couple of you are still online. Um, we are launching what's called the Timothy Project. I actually have a fancy little graphic for you out there. Um, the Timothy Project is, quit laughing at my graphics, I like them, <laughs> is, uh, is really simply is kind of the name that we've put on the, the initiative to, uh, to put Bible study materials in the hands of, of indigenous Mexican pastors. Um, we're hoping to get 100 of them done by January 1. That's kind of a lofty goal because there's a big price tag kind of to that. Um, and so if you'd like to help out with that, um, you can go to our, our website and uh, go to... Uh, thecrucibles.fire.org forward slash donate and you can you can put into that project we've partnered with olive tree bible study i'm pushing i'm becoming a, a like an advocate for olive tree um simply because uh they partner with us and we're going to have 
for anyone who who donates to this project um, and we'll be giving more details on that they're going to give us some free study packages to go with their Bible software that we can give away um, and then they're giving us one really big package it's worth it's worth somewhere between six and seven hundred dollars and it's got 15 or 20 different study books and all kinds of things in it to go with their software package we're going to get one of those to give away and so what will happen is, is anybody who gives it a you know maybe adopts one pastor um, and or gives you know signs up for monthly you know giving into the project um, will get their name put in a hat and somebody will get that um, and so we want to keep that in front of you uh, just because we're making a push to make that happen we've got pastors in mexico waiting for us to get this done uh, yeah. and they're just <clears throat> waiting we going down in there as a group to do this and having them come is, is shaky right now i know that there's trips going in and out um but uh something we're trying to do electronically um the other thing that i want to to keep before you is just to remember us in prayer um we're trying to to do kind of a lots of things we're trying to take this ministry down into mexico and for them um but the biggest thing i guess i, I want to ask people to do is just pray for us and pray for the ministry and pray for the pastors down there a lot going on in november uh November the 12th and the 13th. Um, I don't have a link for it, but if you go to our website, thecrucibleisfire.org, right the first thing is we're doing a how to study the Bible training. And the training that we did in Mexico for the pastors, we'll be doing it here. It's free. We're going to do it online. If you want to do it, we're going to be filming it. And so if you want to join by Zoom, I will tell you it's harder if you're online. It's not, yeah. it's not it's the same. Different. It's a little different, but you can still get, you know, mo you can get the material. Um, but uh, it, it's a little bit harder for the interaction, but do, but we're going to have it set up. And so if you'd like to do that, head over to our website, thecruciblesfire.org. Um, click on the banner. There's a banner there and watch Facebook. We'll be on Facebook and, and social media about this. We'll be at the Bridge Fellowship Church. Um, they're helping us sponsor this. And we've already got, I think we've got 10 people signed up uh, already, which is not a huge class. But I mean, in the terms of 30 people, it's a huge class. Yeah. And so... Uh, we're probably going to try to keep it around that, and uh, and so if you want to get involved in that, go ahead and reach out, and you do need to register so we know how many books to have, how many manuals to make, and how to arrange our seating. So it uh, doesn't cost you anything. Um, if you're a pastor out there, a church leader, and you'd like to survey this and just come look at it, see what it is, and maybe uh, we could come into, we would love to come into your congregation, open this thing up, and do a very simple how to study the Bible course at your church it takes a friday afternoon we'll start about four o'clock and then we'll go all day saturday and uh, and and lots of information we'd love to come do that but feel free to come sign up hit us online if you want to just watch and see what we're doing um to, to survey it i, I want to invite you to do that we'd love to have you i've had one pastor tell me already he said he said uh that if he could he would have every leader and sunday school teachers home group leader and everything that he had go through this course um, because it will teach you how it ain't going to make you a, a Greek scholar, but it will teach you how it to just get in. It gives you simple study disciplines. Simple study disciplines. And for the person that's out there thinking, well, that's not me, I can't do it. Um, yeah, and you can. Uh, you can. <laughs> and we're going to show you how you can. Hey, Edna's watching. Oh. Say hi to Edna. Hi, Edna. Um, thanks for watching. That Hey, we really are international because she's in Mexico. Yeah. And she uh, is. I'm, yeah, speaking of prayer stuff, so I'm going to Mexico next week. I won't be here right. Friday. Uh, oh, so uh, Way of the Cross, an entity that I used to work with, they're an evangelical ministry. 
they have missionary training schools that they do in Mexico and in Nicaragua, and they've asked me to come down and address the students. Uh, so that's where I'm going to be. Uh, I'll either be, I don't know if I'm teaching Thursday or Friday, but it's going to be one of those two days, but I can't be here. So Good deal. Well, let's pray for Tim right now. Y'all join us in prayer. Father God, we come to you now in the name of Jesus. Father, we just pray that you would give team, Tim and the entire team protection as they go into Mexico for this missionary training school. Father, we come to you and we ask that you would prepare the hearts of the students, that they would understand and that they would know what you have for them to learn so that they can carry your gospel down uh, into their home country. Mm. And Father, we mm -hmm. just pray for the people that will receive their gospel. It's like Jesus did, Father. He said not just praying for the disciples, but for those that will believe because of them. Father, we do the same thing with this team. We pray you'd cover them with your... Uh, with your favor, Father, we pray that you would protect them. Um, it's not particularly a safe place right now, but Father, you have a mission and you have a goal, and, and we serve you and not them and not the world. Help them to be spirit-minded, God, and help them to, to have all of their ways made as clear as they can, Father, to get down there and do what they got to do. And we love you and thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, we're glad you came back to see us one more day. If you're out there and you actually did watch this, even if it's after the noon hour, Go ahead and make comments. We'd love to see who's out there. We'd love to see who's watching, and, uh, and it helps us actually to get, to get out there and get, get it in front of people. You got anything before we go? That's it. Appreciate you uh, letting us help you learn. Teach, repeat. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.